You're listening to episode number 76 with Joey Suki. Welcome back to Your Music Industry Podcast. It's Thursday 9am, which means it's time for another podcast. And on today's guest, we have Joey Suki, of course, as you will have heard in the introduction. The story in this podcast is monumental, going from collaborating with some of the biggest artists in the dance music world, including, for example, Hardwell and Killer Buzz, just to name a few, to then taking a step back, putting it on hold, deciding to stop, and then relaying the foundations and starting again in an alternate way. This story not only gave me the shivers when I was reading Joey's free book, Unhappy in a Dream Life, but also while he was talking about it, there's so much to unpack, and it's quite empowering, the whole story. So we'll get to that in a moment. But before we get to the podcast, I want to say a huge thank you to each and every one of you who subscribed on YouTube, helping me finally get my YouTube URL after three weeks of pumping out content. And this Monday, I'm dropping a video called Essential Reading on Dance Music Culture. And we're going to be covering a few different books with it being Black Friday, with it being the sale, with Christmas coming up, and of course, lockdown being on. What are the best books to better understand dance music culture and give us a different perspective and also inspire us along the way? So make sure to check that out on Monday. And without further ado, let's get to the conversation with Joey Suki. Welcome to the show, Joey. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. It's been a, a long time coming, in my opinion. It's been something I've planned for a little while, whether you knew about it or not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. Thanks for, yeah. I, I'm just not sure, like, how did we actually got in contact? Through someone, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Kid Massive. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Kid Massive. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I already thought, like, yeah. somebody put me into contact with you, but it's been a, it's been a while, so that's why. Definitely. Yeah. And and the past few months for yourself has been incredible, seeing you release content with everyone from, like, Thomas Gold, Sam Felt, mm-hmm. so many great artists, and I'm really pushing out some messaging and some allowing artists and producers to really become the best versions of themselves. So in this podcast, I would like to talk about that, but mm-hmm. I have listened to your audio book slash book called Unhappy Dream, uh, Unhappy with a Dream Life. Yeah. And I've got to start, there was one part that really made me laugh and it was at the beginning mm-hmm. about how when you started off your journey, you had two CD players and it took like two seconds for it even to begin after press and play. Yeah. Yeah. And now look where you are. Like it's, it's, it's absolutely incredible. It's crazy, and, right? What's been some of the pivotal moments during like the your early career? Was it deciding to leave school and go full time, or what were some of the the pivotal moments for you? I think one of the most pivotal moments was the first time that I got to play, that I got a residency in my home in my hometown, so that I had an official club where I uh, where I could play every week. That yeah. was a big big thing to me, and yeah, of course, like going full time definitely was a big thing because that's where everything changes right that's where you literally go from hobby to work and um, you can dedicate your whole life to what you want to do all the time in your life you can spend on working towards that dream so that definitely was a big pivotal moment to me so going full-time as a lot of our listeners always talk about i want to go full-time in music whether it's a job in the industry or full-time as an artist what is that situation like? Because all of a sudden it goes from being a hobby, as you said, to a job, which yeah. means there's pressure, you need to bring in income. What was that like for yourself? Had you, had you planned what it was going to be like, or was it just, I'm going for it? I, literally, I'm going for it. Nothing planned. <laughs> and 
I've been thinking about this looking back in hindsight. I'm, I'm actually turning 32 tomorrow. So it's been about, let's say, 16 years ago that halfway my life that it, all these things kind of happened. So I started thinking like, okay, how, how was it? How did I experience it? And to me, it was pretty easy because I was still living at my parents' place. I didn't have any, that many costs, monthly costs. So aside from the car that I had and my phone bill, that was kind of it, you know? So if you, if you manage to get 100 euros a month, you'd manage. And I think looking back at that moment, I never thought about it like that. But now looking back, if that wasn't the case, I'm not sure if I did it because it's pretty, it's pretty scary to do it. You're going to leave a lot of secure things behind you. And I'm saying secure because I don't really believe that a job is secure than working for yourself, but that's me. It might feel less secure, let's, let's just call it that. But to me, you know, the fact that I was living at my parents' place and that my, my financial game wasn't that important yet, that really made it a lot more easier for me to, uh, yeah, to go full-time. And that's what I encourage other artists right now as well. So don't go full-time directly, especially if you already have an apartment or, or a house to pay. But try to figure out a way to work one day less or two day less and kind of overlap it, right? So don't go in all the way, but just try to find a way to overlap it because having financial stress is going to kill you. <laughs> mm. And, and as, as an artist, you're creating art. So to put that into the mix can make you produce functionable functionable pieces of music for radio instead of something that resonates with yourself isn't it yeah you start making different decisions well it's easy to get trapped in in making decisions based on money you know like all the things that come onto your way for example a remix if you get a fee for that remix and you need that money right now it's really hard to say no well maybe your gut tells you that it's not the best idea because it doesn't fit your profile or whatever you might still do it because of the money and that's that's tough, yeah. So in in those early days, obviously the industry has changed since then. But I'm sure some some things are still vital. So was the main income for you then live gigs? Yeah. And then and how did that progress? Did you find like a certain area of the industry where the money was helping you say sustained as full time, or was it always just kind of the live gig side of things? Yeah, to me it always has been the live gig thing. When I got out of the industry, so approximately 2014, 15, let's say 15, that's where Spotify started to become an important player in the industry. So I've never had a career where I was relying on streams. Like I had sales like Beatport and iTunes and stuff, but streams weren't necessarily a part of the income yet. I do believe that at this point in the music career, it could be a decent amount of your uh, income. But at my in my time, it was just mainly the gigs, yeah. So of course, you, the Joey Suki we know and love today isn't recognized as much for the music he made, but how he's helping other music producers. Yeah. And I'd love to talk about that that journey of transitioning from a producer, a world-renowned producer, collaborating with insane artists, now being an artist coach. Mm -hmm. And there is a hint in the title of your book called "Unhappy with the Dream Life." So can you walk myself and the listeners through that, Joey? Sure, yeah. As you mentioned, I had my, my, my own career and that really started off from being a hobby to touring the world, collaborating with the likes of Hardwell, Jennifer Lopez, and that kind of level, playing at Tomorrowland. And from there, I ended up in a burnout. So it's kind of similar to the ones who uh, have seen the documentary of Avicii, 
it's kind of similar to that the things that I've gone through. When I watched that documentary, I was like, shit, it's it's the same stages that he went through as I went through. So it's it's pretty comparable. And in 2015, I decided to stop because it was just an unhealthy life for me. Once I decided to stop, I, I, that got me thinking, like, how is it possible that such a dream life, you know, like the thing that everyone tends to think of as the dream life, how can that be so disastrous? And to even some people death right and at that time i was already going to a coach a career coach actually to help me figure out like what was going on with me because mentally i was fucked up and i didn't know what to do and a psychologist couldn't really help me as in i've been there but never really was useful to me so i ended up uh, at this career coach and that really changed my life like through those five sessions that i had with that man i really figured out like it made me clear, like, okay, why am I not liking this scene? And what caused me to burn out? And all the pieces of the puzzle started to come together during that, that program. And that also caused me to, to stop because it became clear to me, like, okay, this is not going to be a long-term plan. You know, it's just like, if I'm going to keep doing this, it will be my death. So I'm going to have to quit. And after that, it, that got me thinking, like, okay, I'm going to quit DJing. So I'm literally going to quit my job. I'm 25 years old. I have no degree in anything. What the fuck should I do? Right? And anxiety started to kick in because all those things that you gave up along the way to become that successful artist now felt like, oh shit, maybe, uh, maybe I've been really stupid doing that. But after a while, I first started working in a factory uh, because I wanted to, yeah, maybe this sounds weird, but live a normal life and wanted to find out how that was to work from nine to five and clock in and clock out and those kind of things. And that, that period was half a year. That period kind of was my therapy <laughs> because I was working with this one guy who was working in the factory for like 35 years, same work for 35 years. And there I was 25 years old with like this turbulent life and all the crazy things that I already had. And talking with that guy day in, day out from nine to five really helped me to land back on my feet again and to, yeah, get a clear sight on what's actually important in life, right? So after that, when I finished my job at the factory, that was for me the moment where I felt like, okay, I'm back to neutral. I'm, I'm literally back like at the beginning stage of my life. I can restart building every little element of my life again. And that's where I started thinking, okay, what happened to me? Why wasn't there someone in my team or around me or whatever who could have helped me slash prevented me from this happening? Mm. Then I started Googling like, okay, artist coach, right? Like, is there something like an artist coach? Because I was already at a career coach. I was like, no, makes sense. Artist coach. Started Googling, no hits. And I was like, huh, no wonder that I didn't know because it doesn't exist. And that got me to, that led me to the process of starting it myself. And yeah, that, that has been the main goal of the company, creating a platform where every artist can find help, not just on the mental level, but also on helping them build the business, build their career and finding that balance. So how do you build a career, but still re remain mentally happy as well? Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now for like five years already. 
That's that's incredible, and I, I love that about going back to find that like equanimity of going to the factory and pursuing a normal life, as it's that yeah. grounding you obviously needed. And it's really interesting because for some people to be full time in music is the dream, or mm. for many people, but then to to go back the opposite in some ways to go to normality could be seen as a failure to some people. What was what was your mindset around that? Believe me, it felt like a failure. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was it was one of the toughest things that I had to do because there's one big thing that you're encountering at that moment and that's your ego. And even though I always thought I was this normal guy and I remained to be the same guy as 10 years before, I found out that I changed. The whole music industry, the whole being the artist and being in the spotlight changed me. And that really frightened me because... I, I wasn't just, I just wasn't happy with the way you are, who I became at that moment. And going back into that factory, yeah, you really, it's, it's going to be one big fight with yourself, like all day long. And especially the first, well, I think first two months, every day when I was working there, like, for example, I made like, um, I don't know, 1,200 euros a month. But before... When I still was a DJ, I played for like an hour and a half and I got two or three thousand. And I was like, the, 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 the thoughts that I had in that factory were constantly like, what the fuck are you doing here? You know, like, go, go, you know, go back to that music industry, go back playing again, because it's just much more easier. But at the same time, you also rationally know that that's a stupid idea. <laughs> so that's the fight that I constantly had. Um, and Extra to that is how other people think about that. So uh, how other people kind of see you failing, and you have to deal with that as well. So it's been a, it's been an interesting period. Yeah. Wow, that battle with self. Like, is there anything that helped you in that process? Because obviously now, in in twenty twenty, mindfulness meditation is a bit of a buzzword. It is a tool that helps. Back then, in like 2014, 2015, was there any certain practice that you found help with that kind of inner battle? Mm, I've never been a big guy about about like mindfulness. like mindfulness and meditation. Meditation, yeah, that's the thing. I've tried it, but I don't know. Somehow it doesn't work for me, or I haven't done it properly enough. I don't know, but I can't seem the value of it yet. At that time, the the factory time, so six months of talking, six months of talking, reflecting, getting different insights, and just. It really literally felt like I was talking to a therapist the whole day long because he gave, he had such a different worldview than I had that everything that I shooted through him, he fired back in a different way. And I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, didn't never really thought about it like that. And that changes you, you know, that, that gives you different perspectives, different insights, and that causes you to be able to see more than what you already know. And so I really believe that those six months of talking, working at the factory, kind of has been the thing that, that got me back on my feet again. And out of curiosity, are you still good friends with that, that gentleman who kind of was that, your, your ear and that mouth for those six months? Well, I can't seem to say that, that we're friends, as in I don't see him that much, but I, I saw him like a couple of months ago somewhere randomly, and I was like, hey, dude, and we're still really on a good level. I also sent him my book because I said like, I don't believe that you know how valuable you've been to me. So here's the book, you know, read the story from my perspective. I think that's something he really liked, you know, because 
for him, it might have been a normal thing on life to just have a talk when he's working. But to me, it was very special. Mm, that is really special. And I absolutely love that. And, and Joey, from because we, we spoke on email recently, I had a burnout and I, know under, I, I understood why. But for you, what were like the fundamental things that were causing the burnout? Was it lifestyle? Was it mindset? Mm. What, what was it? Well, the thing is, I named it burnout because to most people that makes it understandable, like, okay, there's something mentally wrong with the guy, as in uh, it's not physically, there's something in your mind that's not really working uh, perfectly. So I, I named it burnout because it was easy to understand for people. But looking back in hindsight, I'm not sure if it was a burnout because it, I never really believed that the workload was too much for me. And it never really felt like I was too busy. Let's just say that. Because right right now as well, I'm still running a business. I think I'm even more busy than ever, but I still don't experience it as too much. So I don't believe it's been the workload. To me, it's been completely going into the, diff- the wrong direction for my personality. So I should have gone left to follow my path as a person. And I decided to go right. And the reason why I went right is because I never really consciously thought about it. I just went with it because it just seemed to happen, right? You, you release your first song and, oh, that actually uh, lands on spot number 10. Oh, you get a record deal. Oh, nice. Little by little, you know, step by step, those things start to come in and it starts to become bigger. But you're not consciously aware of the big picture of what, what's actually going on here. And that's what I found out in 2015. That's where I literally zoomed out and was like, holy, where, did, where, did I, where am I? You know, like where... What happened? That's the thing that went wrong to me. Like I completely left my own personality and went for the success and went for what other people think was important in life and not what I believe was important in life. So now when you're coaching artists, have you got any practices that you recommend for people to really hone in on what is important to them, their values, so they can stick to like their own principles when pursuing a career in music? Well, the the best thing remains to be talking to someone because... It's super hard to have a talk with yourself. It's, it's really hard because you're really good at tricking yourself. That's just what mm. we humans being our best in, you know, like tricking our own minds. So talking to someone can really help because that other person can, ref- can give you a reflection of what you're actually saying. And that could lead you into giving, getting different insights on the same sub- subject or the same decision that you have to make. So to me, that's the best way. Listening to podcasts really help because you get different insights from other people. Uh, Things like this, right? Like maybe the person who's listening right now has never thought about like, shit, I have own values and oh, am I actually still on where I want to go? So listening to podcasts is a great way as well. And reading books, like just educating yourself. I'm a big book book lover, as you can (laughs) tell. Is there any books in particular that were important in that process? Yeah, definitely. There's two, well, maybe three. Let's just give them three. Three books that kind of have been mind-blowing to me. One is some, a book that, my, that a lot of people might know, which is uh, The Simple Art of Not Giving a Fuck. So it's like a big bestseller. Uh, I believe that's really valuable for an artist to know because you shouldn't give a fuck about what everyone else thinks. And especially when you release your music, you know, you will get a lot of opinions. So not giving a fuck is kind of essential to have as a skill. Uh, because otherwise all those negative shit is going to tear you down. So that's one. Uh, the other one is Atomic Habits. 
Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Oh, James Clear, unbelievable. Exactly. Like, that really... I actually wrote that, like, not too long ago, but I actually already knew how those things work, but he just phrased it so perfectly and made it visually correct as well. And since most artists learn visually, I think that book is perfect to show, like, hey, how do you actually operate as a human being? You know, like, why do you do what you do and how do those things work? Um, so, yeah. Atomic Habits, habits, big one. And my personal favorite is uh, The War of Art. I'm not sure. Oh, Stephen Pressfield. Yeah, that's that's the yeah. one that uh, I believe every artist should read before they become an artist. Uh, because that will make the whole process a lot more easier. I'll put links in the, in the, the sure. description for people to check it out because they are all amazing. I've read them all and... The art is really interesting, Pressfield, the way he like defines like the resistance and everything. Really would recommend it for people. And even yeah. even for people to read like regularly, like once a year, because over that year things change and it really does help just yeah. like get back centered, doesn't it? You know, and, and the thing that you mentioned right now, like read it every year because things change, right? And you might read the book completely different a year from now because your life changed and you have different problems. That's the whole reason why I do what I do and why I don't believe that coaching should just be like a five session thing. What we offer is like a subscription model. So you will come every month for as long as you want and we would say the end of your career because we are able to be valuable till the end of your career. Because you, right now you might struggle to get your music signed or to, to make the to make the jump from going in it full time, you know, that, that's scary and that might do tricky stuff with you. That might be your challenge right now. But maybe a year from now, you already released 10 songs, one of those songs popped through and you're this big guy on the, on the stage right now who has to struggle with management or with fans or with anxiety or with whatever comes on your path at that way, at that moment. So that's why we offer the, the subscription models, to, because I really believe that mental health is something that's, that needs maintenance uh, and mm. shouldn't be taken care of when it's already too late. And artist coaching isn't just yourself. No. There's bass jackers involved as well, isn't there? There's, there's a, a yeah. few. Yeah, the, it started off with myself. And especially in the beginning, uh, it started with me just from working from experience, right? So... I relate at that moment. I related myself more to like a mentor, so an older guy who knows more than you do, and you can learn from him. But right now, we've evolved into this bigger thing, uh, which was the vision of the company, and that's that I am like the official coach. So I also did educations and educated myself on the whole mental uh, processes. And we recently also started to add to add other mentors. Uh, so base jackers, as you mentioned, uh, Jay Hardway is part of the team. There's a guy Renz who makes the content, so it's like the the community manager and the content creator. So all the stuff you see online comes from him. So yeah, it's turning into this team right now, and I want to create a team of professionals who are the best of the business. So if you are seeking for help and you come to us, you know that you will talk and get the best service possible. From every area of the industry as well, as you mentioned, whether it's yeah. the lifestyle, whether it's the business model of an artist, it's, yeah. it's holistic, isn't it? It's every aspect. Yeah, exactly. Because if you are struggling, if you're more interested in the whole uh, inner processes thing, like habits, perfectionism, those kind of things, that's where I can help you with. But if you have more in-depth questions on, hey, how can I actually build my career? 
I can do that as well, but you can also go to a mentor like Bayshek or Jay Hardway, who's in it, right? Who's experienced it all, who knows how those things work uh, and who can, who can advise you on, hey, do this or think about that or those little tips and tricks that help you to give you that last push. Mm. And in, in every field, anyone who's been successful has had at least one mentor at one point. And as you said, someone who's been there and can... They don't tell you what to do. They advise what they did from their experience so you can find your own path. And that's yeah. exactly what the model is, isn't it? Exactly. For, for Basechackers, for example, uh, the reason why they wanted to become a mentor is because they, they noticed that Chesto was their mentor and had brought so much value in their career because you will, you will, come, you will find yourself at moments where you just don't know what to do. Because too much stuff is happening, too big of a deals are coming to the table and you just, you're just like, okay, how does this work? You know, this is my first deal. I see these big numbers. I have no clue what to do. Your parents aren't capable of helping you. Your friends don't know what's, what's going on. So who do you go to, right? And to them, it was Chesto. But for someone who's listening right now, it might be Bayshackers who's helping them or Jay Hardway or me. And I think that that's the big value of, of the whole company, like helping artists building their career from a professional perspective. And you know that they don't talk bullshit. You know that it's true. That's, that's, that's so special, isn't it? Because it's not, you can't just go and find base jackers or Jay Hardway and just yeah. go and talk to them in any case. And it's, it's that, it's that great opportunity for growth, but for, what, what, one thing that I really love about artist development, it's not about making the best music. It's about finding who you are and being comfortable in yourself and, and yeah. becoming the best artist, becoming the best person to become the best artist, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. As you mentioned, like that's you asked me earlier in this conversation, like what changed? The music changed. As in, in my, when I started off, uh, the whole your whole career was kind of based around music, right? There was no social media. There was nothing to brand yourself or to promote yourself, or at least it was harder. Right now, it became much more easy. So in the past couple of years, that whole model changed, and music is kind of it's the smallest part of the pie. You know, let's let's say it's it's twenty percent, thirty percent of your career, and the rest is all marketing, promotion, branding networking, those kind of things. Because everyone makes music these days. And every piece of song, piece of music sounds great. Because the samples you use, if you go to Splice, it sounds perfect. You don't need to know that much about music production anymore to create a solid product. And that resulted into shifting the value over to marketing and to promotion, because that's where you want to stand out. You need to, be, you need to tell a story. You need to be a person. And and as a person, because obviously you've gone from being a creator, writing music, do you still have some sort of creative output? It's funny. Uh, the first three years after the, well, let's call it burnout, my passion for music was completely gone. As in, I really couldn't give less that on about music than at that moment. I didn't listen to it anymore. I, I Yeah. I, I loved crate digging before. I never did that anymore. So it completely went away, like tear down my studio, never make music anymore. But after three years, I was like, okay, I do feel like looking up to like, to yeah, find some new music, you know, get, ex get inspired and stuff. Not necessarily to make music, but just to listen to music. And that's still here, as in I do love listening to music and it's still 
hits me in a certain way. But producing it, I don't know. I gave it a couple of tries, but it's just three, five hours. So three to five hours. And then, then I'm like, okay, it's been, it's been good for now. <laughs> and then I'll leave the studio for another three months or six months. I don't know. So do you see the way you used to approach music, kind of that creativity? Is that something now you see as a skill like you can apply in developing artist coaching as a business or through being able to connect with people on Suki Talks, your podcast? Or do you feel like that's something that is still within you? You mean the creativity? Yeah, yeah, like your creativity. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. I believe that as, a, as an entrepreneur, you need to be creative as well. Uh, because you have to think outside of the box, right? So where are people needs, people's needs where you can fix their problem where no one is able to do that? So I believe artist coaching is the result of a creative thought. So taking my own, what's, what's that saying? You know that you have a great idea if, you, if you're helping other people solving their problems, right? Mm. And that's what I believe with artist coaching. I believe artist coaching is the answer to so many unanswered questions from people. And uh, that's why I think that it also uh, is doing so well. So I've got one question for you on mm-hmm. on that note, actually. So as I mentioned on email, what I think was a big part of my own burnout was how I kind of defined success and how I was measuring success. Yeah. Was that something you th- you think had a negative impact on you at all in that process? Or how did you actually measure progress when you were, were an artist? Money was a big thing to me. I somehow, maybe it has to do with how, I, how I've been, how I've grown up as a kid, but somehow money always has been important to me. Not necessarily that I want to become a millionaire, but I, I don't want to have financial stress. So I want to be in a position where I don't need to think about money constantly because that just stresses me out and that drains my energy. So I want to put myself in a position where I have enough money to live a comfortable life. And that's, that doesn't mean you need to make a million. You can already say that by making, I don't know, 2,000 a month or something. That's already a comfortable place to be at. And as an artist, I had that as well, especially in the beginning when you don't make that much. You see those gigs in your calendar and you start counting like, oh, fuck, that's too, like, it's only 1,000, right? And you know that you need 1,500 or whatever to, to pay the bills. That's where the, all those stress comes in. So I think... Money was some way for me to um, to measure success at that time. Not anymore, but at that time it definitely was. And also I really compared myself to other people. Like how are they doing? And that's destructive as well. So um, it's been comparing to other people and, and the money aspect. And I that is exactly what mine one, my, a big part of mine was, was comparing myself. It, yeah. it, it really was as in like even even say your podcast or other people's podcasts or the content they're putting out you can get so focused just producing content or doing stuff just to get it out there instead of actually making that something matters to you isn't it yeah. and that's something that was really impactful for me yeah exactly and, th- and th- you know that's something it's superhuman as in that's what so many people do it's what's going on on social media right now it's one of the biggest problems that we that we deal with as, as a society like Kids who are constantly being confronted with people who tend to do better, you know, because they only show the the great moments of life. While that's only the 1%, the other 99% might be shit or terrible or I don't know what's going on in their life, but that's not what you see. And if you don't see it, you don't know it, so you don't take it into consideration. You only focus on those three little photos that you just saw and think like, 
fuck, he's doing great, man. I'm still here with my 100 streams or whatever you have. And as soon as you start into going into that rabbit hole, it's, it's a dark place. And with, with, with artist coaching so far, do you see any things like regular things that are coming up with your clients or your artist? Is it that area? Yeah, definitely. Like uh, perfectionism is, is a big thing. I, I, I kind of can say that nine out of 10 artists has challenges with, has challenged somewhere in their career with, yeah, with perfectionism. It's never finished. It's never good enough. Fear because of what other people might think of it. You know, like not releasing their music because they're scared of what other people might think of it or not posting content on social media because they're scared of what other people might think of that. And that fear is holding them back from achieving from what they actually want to achieve, right? So it's it's one bit big mind game. And as soon as you start notice, noticing that as an artist, like the only one that's stopping you is you. There's literally no one else. It's just you. And as soon as that clicks, like magic happens. And that's what we try to do with artist coaching. We try to find uh, the, the limiting belief that the challenge that you have as a person, what's holding you back from actually getting the growth that you want. We start working on that. And that's when like growth starts to happen because your mindset changes. It's not that the world changes. It's you who changes. Yeah, it's the internal things coming out into the external, isn't it? Yeah, like it's, the fear is actually in inside. It's inside you, you know. Like nine out of ten, like especially in these days where we live in a world where we've never been safer before. I know it looks terrible because on the news you only see like death and everything's going bad. But if you really look at the statistics, we've never been safer than now. But we still have more anxiety, more burnouts, more depressions. How do you think that happened, right? If, if you look at social media, if you're looking at the news, it's all negative, poor, hectic shit while they're zooming in on the 1% and not on the big picture. You know, like most people are actually doing well and are, are living a happy and perfect life. But that's not interesting to sell, right? So, yeah. Yeah, that, that's so true. How, how will the media attract eyes and ears when it's boring, it's too happy, it's blasé? It's all it's based on be drama, clickbait, you know, it? like as soon as you're dealing with a company who sells ads, you know that you're kind of fucked because that's when they have to make sure that you click on their link. So they have to make their title more appealing than the other company. And they're probably changing a couple of words to make it more appealing. And if you don't read the article, which nine out of 10 people don't, you only see the title and you think the world's burning down. Well, it actually not. Yeah, it's a it's a crazy world we're in, and it it is funny how it is is changing, and that's like kind of snowballing as well. It's like kind of getting worse over time because everyone's trying to fight with each other in that sense of whose headline is the most dramatic. Yeah, exactly. You know, but you know, in the music industry, it's not really that much different. As in, if you take a look at all the social profiles from the bigger artists, for example, most of those people don't really know what to do as well. They just post stuff to post stuff and they don't really think about the results or how it could impact other people. And I think that's something we, that needs to change as well, but that's more on a bigger, on a bigger scale, you know, that's, that's hoping that the world will become a better place. Hmm. Did you see the, um, the, the social dilemma on Netflix? No, I haven't yet. Oh, check it out. It's, it's been uploaded last week. They're interviewing a lot of 
high people who kind of were the founders of Twitter and Facebook and the, the, the guy who invented the like button and like top-notch people from the social media world. And they start talking about the, the social effects of it. So the psychological effects, the social effects. It's about this theme. It's pretty crazy, uh, but it's interesting to see. Yeah, yeah I'll, de- I'll definitely put that on me to watch list this weekend. Definitely. Yeah. Nice. So we are coming to an end to the podcast, Joey, but I would mm-hmm. like to ask one question from your own personal interest and for all the artists listening. Maybe years ago and maybe today, when you are feeling overwhelmed, whether it is with creative block in the studio or just like feeling a bit burnt out in the sense of like you're working too hard have have you got any tips or what works for you when you are feeling that overwhelmed or right now have you found a way to kind of find that self-awareness to know when it's coming up so you can take a step back yeah it sounds super easy but one of the easiest things you can do is writing down all the things that you actually have to do because what we tend to do as human beings is if you keep it inside of your mind you might feel like you're really busy and your head's like making uh, it's going a hundred kilometers an hour while in the end you're it's only just three or two five things that you have to finish but it's just that it's because it's it's in the back of your mind and it keeps grinding there and it's going to take energy so just writing down simply what you have to do and seeing it visually in front of you can give you a lot of rest because now you have a plan now you have a structure now you can put it out of your mind and you can use that, that headspace for other, other problems in your life or nice things in your life. So that's an easy, simple thing you can already do to stop feeling overwhelmed. Because in most cases, you're not that busy. Like there's not a lot of people on this planet who really are too busy. Other than Elon Musk. <laughs> exactly. Like that's the guy who I would say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay, dude, yeah, you might have been too busy. But to the, to the normal people on this planet you're probably not that busy you know you can structure things ask yourself is what's really important you know what needs my focus today uh, and what can wait for like a week or another day so what i like to do is i work with trello i'm not sure if you know that yeah i have i have these steps so to do today to do this week and to do this month or long-term projects so something that's something i want to work on somewhere along the future but not now so that's where how you can just dissect it into yeah achievable to-do list mm, I, I, I like that and that's that, that's something i might implement in, into my kind of craft because i do kind of i do um have you ever heard of morning pages I'll, yeah, I'll the artist way yeah yeah, yeah 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 so i do all that but i think to have that visually as like today this week i think yeah. that'll really help my own personal roadmap and i think artists will will appreciate that too so thanks for sharing that joey you, you can even do it with uh per release so you create a tab for a release and say like okay this is all the things i need to do for this release like sending it to the label sending it to the mastering uh create artwork blah 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 and then you can start just shifting it into okay what of all these things am i going to do today you know and you can just check all the marks like hey this is done this is done oh i only need to do the marketing okay let's focus on that today it works really refreshing. You you get a visually overview on what's actually going on in your career because if it's all here, it's gonna be uh, yeah, it's gonna be hard to manage. Thanks for sharing that, Joey. That that that's fantastic. That no is that is spot on. <laughs> so before we get to the fa- the final question, I've just got one, and it's it's kind of a question that I've kind of robbed from Tim Ferriss because I love the way he puts questions over. Yeah, he's great, and it's like he, he really is. So as, as a coach, if you were to kind of like 
leave behind one nugget of wisdom or one practice or one tip for artists, what would that one thing be? I know what I want to say. I'm just looking for the right words right now because I think there's a quote for, quote about it. Everything's stupid until it's not. And I'll explain that one. When I first had, wrote, uh, well, read that quote, I was like, that completely changed anything, everything to me. Because when you start with something, when you, when you say to your friends like, hey, I'm going to be a DJ, what's the first reaction your friends will give you? this guy what the fuck he thinks he's gonna do blah 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 if someone starts a business what's the first things that other people say about it oh that's never gonna work out blah 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 so everything's stupid until it's not so don't focus on what people are telling you in the beginning because everyone will discourage you to do it because you are going outside of your comfort zone you are trying to take the risk that everyone wants to take but you are the one who's actually doing it and that's why, why, why they are trying to pull you back. Jealousy, for example, or fear that something might go wrong. But that's where the whole growth in life is. If you are the person who decides to go to take that leap, that's where growth is. So if you take that leap, don't get pulled back by all the people around you who will tell you that it's not going to work out, that, you're, that it's stupid or whatever. Show them wrong and make, them, make sure that it's not stupid anymore that it's like a legitimate business or a legitimate artist career. And yeah, I don't know, that quote kind of hit me. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for sharing that, Joey. I, I really like that. And it, it is very deep, but it's so true and spot on. And it, it is simple as well as complex. And it, it's just, yeah. it, it, it's, it's all, as, as we've said throughout this podcast, it's a mindset, it's perception, it's how you see things and, and being self-aware of how you're feeling and, making yeah. sure you are aligned with your own path, with your own values. And it is really exciting to see how artist coaching is developing your own business, as well as the Suki Talks podcast. All links yeah, will thanks. be in the show notes and, and everything you're doing. Is, I do feel like with myself putting content out with yourself, with so many other people now, really putting out the positive, empowering content is really bringing the future industry to what it should be, in my opinion, which is really exciting. Yeah, exactly. And that's something at least we hope to do more in the future. You know, like being an artist is one, literally one of the best jobs in the world. But you should make sure that if you dive into it, that you're prepared. So not just physically, but also mentally, that you know what you're getting into and that you have surrounded yourself with the right persons to help you because you're not going to, going to be able to do all these things on your own. You need a team. And like back in the days, you had a manager, a booker and a label, for example. But I really see, and it starts to happen right now, actually, that's what I started to notice at this point, a coach is going to be a part of that team as well. Because you have a guy doing the business, you have a guy doing your bookings, and you have a guy who's helping you stay balanced in, throughout the whole process. And I think that that's super essential. And luckily, it starts to happen right now. Um, yeah, it's just something I see. I, I get requests from management companies, for example, to help them with their artists. So that's kind of a thing that wasn't going on two years ago and now slowly is starting to happen. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a good thing. And, and on that, lo looking forward to, say, the industry in the next five years, 
we we ask this question at the end of every podcast, and it's always interesting to hear people's answers. But mm-hmm. in that five year space of time, what change would you personally like to see in the industry? Is it that, or is it a certain aspect, as you mentioned, with kind of the Avicii situation, or what? I would like to see more artists working on their personal growth because. I don't believe that we should put this into the hands of managements or bookers. It's nice if they do, but they're not the one responsible. You are the one who's responsible for your own health. So what I would like to see happening is that more and more artists will see, start to see the value of personal growth. Know what all this abracadabra stuff that they think about. You know, like A lot of people think mental health is this, this vague kind of thing. But if you really start to educate yourself and if you really start to see and experience the values of it, it's life-changing. I really believe that as an artist, behind every artist is a human being. That human being is controlling the artist's career. So you need to make sure that you as a human are balanced and healthy and happy because otherwise you're not able to build a steady career. That's what I think. And what a an amazing way to finish the the podcast the conversation joey thank you so much for being on the podcast that's been a journey for myself to understand your journey the cause and effect of who you are today but also these little nuggets around like planning your day and being like a good a good dinner it's being like a good tea it's being like food for the mind so thank you so much for being on the podcast joey thanks man thanks for helping So a huge thank you to Joey for being on the show, sharing his story and sharing some little tips and tricks like how he plans his day and kind of roadmaps his projects. I've been using it since using Trello, not going to lie, it is great. But a huge thank you to you for also checking this podcast out. I hope of... I hope it has brought you value. If it has, let me know on Instagram with either resharing it to your story or DMing me what's been a big takeaway for you. And if you haven't already, hit that follow button and reach out to me if you've ever got any questions or any ideas for guests on the podcast. So that's it for this week. I'll be back on Monday with the video on essential reading on dance music and another podcast at Thursday at 9am. So until then, have a great, productive and all-round creative week. Stay safe.